Welcome to Game Off Podcast number 27. Today we're going to be talking about Elderborn and Bleeding Edge, two games that you've definitely heard of. We're also going to be having some interesting thoughts about some games we've been playing recently because everything is cancelled due to the entire country being cancelled and the entire world being cancelled. So no real news to speak Rip. of. Rip. Yeah. <laughs> Rip and tear to the entire gaming industry and all gaming <laughs> news. Uh, I am your host, Andy, a.k.a. Solid Talker, along with your other host. Oh, Brent, Arcadia. <laughs> I'm missing cues already. That's all right. It's all right. This is the first 2020, one. Twenty twenty, baby. Yeah, this is the first one of the new year in the end of March. So, <laughs> you know what? We're early for fiscal quarter. Q one, oh, twenty twenty, gonna knock it out. I'm gonna need that report on my desk by Monday. Absolutely, if, you're gonna if you <laughs> still have a job. I'm gonna look at the finances of this podcast, and I will get you that report. It's Thanks, gonna be man. very quick, very easy. <laughs> it's it's only one page, Andy. Yeah. It's just a big zero, size seventy-two <laughs> point font. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, it'd be great to uh, break even, wouldn't it? Mm, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so Brent, what you playing? What you been playing lately? What have I been playing lately? Well, other than the game we're going to talk about this week and next week, I've been diving a bit into the the backlog now that we we as a civilization have infinity time on our hands. <laughs> so I figured I'd catch up on some games that are getting big releases this year. I decided to pick back up uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, a game I sort of dropped like a hot rock not long after it came out because it was too similar, in my opinion, too similar to Origins while being a bit inferior in some ways, mostly in storytelling, but neither here nor there. I, I have some gripes with this game, Andy. You, you played it a bit, right? Oh yeah, no, I got probably about half to two-thirds of the way through it uh, narratively. I'm sure there was a ton more additional side content that I didn't get to. Yeah, yeah, I, you can you can beat the main story pretty quickly, probably in like 30, 40 hours. I think I ended up putting in like 140 hours into this game because, you know, infinity time. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I did everything in the game, and boy, I must say, this is... This, is probably the prime example of how not to do difficulty scaling. <laughs> I'm I, already excited for this. I'm so ashamed of the, how this game handled difficulty scaling and how blasé they were with it. Um, I, we're sort of used to difficulty scaling in this day and age. Just like, hey, you know, you're, we're, we're sort of moving past the pick easy, normal, hard at the beginning, and then suddenly you can never change it again. Most games nowadays are like, oh, you know, we see you died a hundred times. You probably suck at this game. Why don't you tune it down a bit? I'm feeling uh, cold out right now. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> this 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 game can do the opposite sometimes, where it's like, hey, you're dumpstering everything. Why don't why don't you put it up a bit? Um, I started on hard, and where it gives you the option of like, you know, easy, normal, hard, and then on top of that, it gives you what I consider very confusing uh, additional difficulty scaling options where you can still make the game really easy um, by letting you adjust how the enemies scale in the world. Because all the enemies have fixed levels because it's supposed to be transitioning into this sort of RPG era of Assassin's Creeds, right? Mm -hmm. um, well, basically you can control the level of the enemies, so all you need to do is be you know, at 
the same level as the highest level enemies in the game, and then they're always caught up to you anyway. It's a good idea with a game that has way too many levels and doesn't know what to do with it, but it, it <laughs> comes off as like just a confused fucking mess. Because if you play on normal with like the hard mode uh, level scaling, it's pretty fucking hard because everything's your level and you're not really playing as an assassin anymore. Like you can't assassinate people when everything's your level because assassin damage is a thing now. That might have been the thing that frustrated me the most with that game is that I didn't feel like an assassin anymore. Yeah, you're not an assassin anymore. It, depending on what you set the difficulty to, you're either a, a bitch-ass nobody or god amongst men. Um, <laughs> that like that works for games like Wolfenstein, I think, because it's fun to run around that game and just ass-blast everything. And that game's a power fantasy. Exactly. This game... It, it tries to be grounded in reality, at least for a little bit, and then obviously the storytelling goes completely off the rails, especially with the DLC. But <laughs> it, the thing about the difficulty is, if you play it on on hard, it doesn't doesn't draw out the things that make like the Assassin's Creed fun, or even the new iterations of Assassin's Creed, because like they've they've really done a lot of work on the combat engine, making it more sophisticated than like rock paper scissors. They've made it more akin to like. I wouldn't say Witcher, but like it draws a lot of Witcher comparisons. It's definitely like an action RPG now. Um, but it it nothing about it being more difficult draws out anything else in like the combat engine. It just makes you f look for janky ways to deal with situations because you when a game's hard, the game's harder. You have to rely on the assassin damage, which doesn't allow you to actually assassinate people. Because at higher levels, even on normal, the best you're going to get is, with a regular assassinate is a single hit kill on the weakest possible enemies that aren't even wearing armor. Otherwise, you have to completely rely on adrenaline, uh, your adrenaline bar to critically assassinate people, which is not infinite use. What you're describing, and it's, I think it's something that, that's kind of across a lot of Ubisoft games, but especially in the Assassin's Creed games, is just too many systems. There's, there's too many systems. Too many things that that you couldn't possibly balance them all. And you can't have them all in balance with each other where they can also be, like, scaled differently for different types of, of damage and different types of difficulty and different types of difficulty with different types of combat, whether it's stealth combat versus, you know, hand-to-hand -hand versus different yeah. types of range. Like, it's... It, it's like an MMO that's been around for 20 years... <laughs> and grown organically, but if you try to do it all from the beginning. Yeah, no, that's, that's a perfect comparison, because that's what most modern MMOs are doing now, including in Shadowbringers for Final Fantasy XIV and World of Warcraft. They It scales up the levels of everything around you, and then it's also just jamming in random mechanisms. But yeah, one of the things that annoyed me is like how transparent their like pseudo-nemesis system was in the game, the, the mercenary system. Oh, um, yeah. Which was like... I, like, I definitely want to see that idea drawn out more in video games, but it was so half-cocked, and you can... It's so transparent at high levels how, like, the algorithm worked. Like, if if you weren't at the level of the mercenaries, you were only getting, like, the worst mercenaries that were completely irrelevant, and, like, 
basically like complete peasants would come up and bother you in combat constantly and you'd kill them and then you'd look at this nemesis system and you'd be like i was like six ranks higher than this guy why is this chump bothering me <laughs> that that was probably one of my biggest disappointments with it as well was that like because much like things that I've talked about before, like the like the Geo mod, the Nemesis system is something that should have been adapted by, like it should have come out, and every game should have seen that and said, "Oh, obviously, yeah. Oh, obviously, this is this is a great evolution of open world gameplay and a way to make this exciting. We should yeah. have mafia games that incorporate it, medieval games. We should have assassins. Like this should be everywhere, and." They just didn't get it, and it seemed like they, they didn't understand what parts of the Nemesis system were interesting or well-balanced or yeah. creative. Like, like the oh, they, fact they just want procedurally generated characters to kill randomly on, on the map. Like, no, and, that's not it. And even just like when they first present it to you, and it's just a static line. Yeah. And you're just like, oh. 2D list. Fuck me. Well, this isn't... like. In the sh- in the shadows of Mordor games, whatever that series is supposed to be called, it's this really interesting tree with people moving laterally and vertically mm-hmm. and moving different yeah. positions and calling out calling each other out across ranks. Yeah, like yeah. there's a real organic growth to it that feels like you're spying on an organization. Yeah, and this was just kind of like. I don't know. Did you ever did you ever play the old Donkey Kong arcade where every time you you beat a level, it shows you like how high can you get, and there's just another Donkey Kong stacked on top of each other, changing different colors. <laughs> no, I haven't. It's just That's like, awesome, though. It, it, but it's it's like a little difficulty meter. It's like oh, you're on level 15 now, <laughs> and here it is. Hooray. Here's here's Steve the Stabber, and he's just he's gonna be hard to. Oh, you beat Steve the Stabber because you were level 26. Yeah. Good for you. Now you gotta be Betty the Shanker. Like, yep. Okay. Can you do it? She's your she's your arch rival because because <sighs> <laughs> that's how the the algorithm works. It's so personal, I know. Yeah, just just to wrap up, it's just like I, I don't want to argue for the soul of Assassin's Creed. I just I think that difficulty should be thought out in games because I originally stopped playing it because I couldn't get the difficulty correct because it just the game just felt wrong especially after playing origins which is very much the same game but without boats I, like <laughs> I, I just couldn't get that same feeling that origins gave me i fucking loved assassin's creed origins i love the story i loved like the renewed combat and i came into odyssey and i spent way too much time tinkering trying to figure out what was what was a good balance of rewarding and frustrating is the only way i could describe Mm-hmm. Uh, this, because the only reason not to scale everything down to the lowest level is to is so that you always get gear that's relevant to you. Because the game drops also drops so much fucking useless gear, so you don't want fucking level five things all the way through like level fifty. Neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So solid fail on difficulty. Still a fun game. Anyway, what you been playing, Andy? I've been. You know, as you know, you're going through your backlog and doing the the responsible adult thing. I've mostly just been playing Counter Strike Go and Stardew Valley, <laughs> games that do not Very need any, any more of my time. I'm at close to 330 hours of Stardew Valley. Nice. Um, and I'm, I'm not even doing a different playthrough than I normally do. Like I, I tried, and I was, you know, I'm I'm just gonna play through it again, just the way <laughs> that I always do. Can you do like uh, Jeff Bezos levels of rich in that game? Well, we, I, I originally got into it 
again, because a friend of mine was playing it for the first time, trying to soothe the itch for Animal Crossing before it was coming out. Mm. And she was looking for something. I was like, oh, you should try Stardew Valley. And so she she started it up. She opened up a co-op game. And it's a game that... I don't, I don't. The best way to play it is not to play it co-op your first time through, because you won't realize how much easier it is to play it co-op. Because <laughs> it's just, it's just, Yikes. the difficulty doesn't scale, because it's, it's not really like a scaling difficulty game, but now you just have four times as many man hours to put to tasks during the day. Yeah. So, um, we got to a point of like with the of progression on your farm and money that it normally took me until the end of the third season to get by halfway through the first season. God. Just because you've got four people running around doing stuff. <laughs> and uh. it's all, you know, and what interested me was, that, you know, they have, you have the option of doing like a, a joint pool of money. Yeah. So everyone's kind of forced to run decisions and spending by each other. Uh, okay, who needs more storage right now? Who actually needs the larger backpack? <laughs> because I can go buy it because I'm in the store and we have the money, but I don't actually need it because I'm just doing farming stuff, so I don't actually carry around a lot. Yeah. Who, who do we need to buy this for? And that part of it was really interesting. And Stardew Valley is just still a great game, and yeah. it's still a lot of fun. You made, and you made a strong case for uh, free labor, Andy. I did. Well, no, what I'm talking not about is free labor, but about communism. I'm talking uh. about collectivism. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair point, fair point. We all do better if we specialize and combine our efforts. <laughs> one person does farming, one person goes off to the mine, one person does fishing, one person fucks about and picks grapes, and then everyone comes <laughs> back at the end of the day with everything that they've gained, and they pull the resources and say, okay, look at what we've got now. <laughs> you, ever, you ever watch uh, Future Man? Y yeah, yeah, I did. The, the second season where, like, the one husband is like, I do everything. It's like, like, oh, yeah, I'm, like, the, the stick whittler, and I'm, the, I'm the, the, the bread pan maker, and this guy's like, I do everything. <laughs> Thankfully, yeah. we haven't gotten to that point yet. Everyone still feels like they're doing That's, the... Uh... That would be my concern, playing Stardew Valley with a group of people. It's, it's kind of hard, because just the natural specialization you fall into all is well balanced it's all worth doing so you can't have like one guy who's just like in like if you were playing minecraft and one guy was just building statues and he's like yeah the place looks nicer but like we were mining shit and this guy was building a, a, a rail to get us to and from places and this person yeah. was cooking and you're just building statues like uh, yeah did we really need a roller coaster right now <laughs> we, we don't even have roofs <laughs> Everything in Stardew Valley is, is balanced from a single-player perspective to be worth putting your time into. So when you just add four people into it, it, it goes very well. Yeah, yeah. So that been playing a decent amount of that. That was That's still a great game. Uh, and then CSGO, because I just... You know, these days, just you feel like you want to shoot stuff sometimes. You gotta get let out that aggression. Yeah. In yeah. healthy ways. And CSGO is a game that exists that I own. <laughs> do, that, do you, that was it. Do you, are you enjoying like every time I watch people play it I'm, I'm like I could never have fun playing this game and when I play it I'm like I'll never have fun playing this game what, what, what draws you, you to this game playing online with people is garbage um, <laughs> yeah, okay. the, the planting a bomb and the, that mode is horrible 
But the mode that they have that I really enjoy is a mode called Arms Race. Mm-hmm. And I think this has existed in other games. I don't know what it's traditionally called. But everyone starts off at the same level with the same gun, which is you know, one of the higher up, you know, better guns. And every kill you get, it swaps you to the next worst gun until you finally have to make your final kill and win the match with a knife. That is a very cool mode, actually. Yeah, it it's a lot of fun, and it actually playing through that mode and playing through the the matches that um, you know the maps that were created for that it reminded me of playing old FPSs, stuff like Time Splitters or Unreal Tournament, or early days of like Quake and Quake Two Deathmatch or Perfect Dark, where you had these interesting multiplayer modes that were actually that that weren't realistic. They weren't super tactical team based. They were just here's a crazy thing. Here's an idea we came up with for weird multiplayer. Yeah. And and I miss that. I liked a lot of those modes in games, and I just... They don't exist anymore. The idea of... There was an article I read a while ago on Game of Sutra. This is probably like going back six or seven years. About how um, achievements and online multiplayer ruined the idea of custom games and mutators. What's the argument there? Well, basically that you used to have mutators that would be things like, you know, like, or, or custom games like Scout's Knives in CSGO. Like, that would just be a thing that people would on their own decide, we're gonna, this is just how I want to set up my server. It's a weird setup, but I like it. It's fun. Scout's mm-hmm. Knives, low grav, and we're going to only do these three maps. And now that's like an achievement you'd get and a specific multiplayer mode you'd play ranked. And because... You've got more online things, and you've got achievements that point you to, here are the fun, creative things to do in this game. Here is the wacky thing you can do in this level. Yeah. It it, you lo- it, it got rid of, from their, what they were saying was that it got rid of a lot of that, like, culture of finding weird ways to play through things, because they were al- already intentionally laid out for you by achievements. Right. Yeah, I, I can see that argument to a certain extent, but I mean, so I, I've definitely always been of the camp where achievements in multiplayer is definitely stupid. I think, and to Call of Duty's credits, they've, to my knowledge, never done achievements for multiplayer mode. They've only done them for campaign, and they do like separate like medals and stuff that just sort of like I've I've gotten ten thousand knife kills, like that's kind of cool, right? And everyone's like, we don't care. Yeah. So, like, I feel like that's sort of the right way to do it, but, yeah, forcing people to do kitschy bullshit. It's st- the kind of stuff that you see is, like, achievements in uh, TF2, where it's like, kill this guy, at, you know, kill this guy yeah. with this gun and then take a screenshot after it, and, you know, yeah. while doing this taunt. Completely and unnecessary. We're, we're going to call it, uh, this is a Steve, and you get to do that, and then you get the achievement, and you unlock this thing. It's like, well, that's... <laughs> I think back to, like, the days of, you know, like, people crouch stacking on top of each other to break out of, of skyboxes. And, like, that, yeah. that, those are interesting explorations that don't exist anymore. Or interesting game modes that, because you don't have, you can't set up your own dedicated servers anymore. For a lot of games, you can't make weird mutators to try out new stuff. And weird mods. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. It, is, it, is it's, it... a, it's a trade-off. Because there's a lot of better things that happened from hosted servers and like organized ranked ladders like there's a lot of good that came from that as well i think a lot of that is like 
sort of the tribulations of youth. Like, would I ever sit around and try and, like, map glitch in Halo 2 ever again? I was like, no, I have a thousand other games to play. Why would I be fucking, like, rocket jumping up a map in a game that I only play for, like, four hours a day? I, I, I felt like I did that stuff more when I was younger, and I only had two games to play, and I had to make the most out of those. Uh, I, I think it could still happen. I think it's sort of more that the torch has been handed down to a different generation than like our, we've aged out of sort of the custom game modes and trying to experience a lot of things I, I think but you look at a game like games that are extremely popular stuff like League Dota, Fortnite, things that are very heavily centrally controlled Yeah, you don't have 300 custom games of Fortnite with weird maps and this map is sniper rifles only, and this map is all vehicles, and this map, low grav, like, that's all controlled by Epic as they roll out new seasons with new gimmicks. Which yeah. is cool, that they're yeah. adding new stuff, but it also means that, like, you know, <laughs> Timmy the 8th grader can't go fuck around with I&I &I files and realize that he just accidentally made a cool mod. Right. Be and spread that around to people, because it's just, that's not possible in that game. Yeah, it definitely makes you think of Blizzard's whole, you know, money pouch grab thing that they pulled recently. Yeah, so not not to not to just you know lament and say you know everything was better in the past because clearly I'm <laughs> I'm not playing those older games. I'm yeah. the oldest thing I'm playing is CS:GO. I'm not <laughs> out there in, trying to you know install a emulated version of time splitters or something to go play against monkeys with tommy guns mm. but uh, anyways uh you got a, a fireside chat for us <laughs> yeah hey andy how's it going not, not that we didn't just do one essentially yeah yeah we're gonna we're gonna gripe about something else what what was the most shocking game you've played or the first game that comes to mind shocking shocking oh the most shocking game I can remember was I'm going to give two answers here because one of the, the 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 most frightened I've been of a game was a scene in a game called The Pandora Directive which is an old FMV adventure game where <laughs> okay. they showed um they, they it's kind of like there's this jump scare reveal of a corpse covered in maggots Ooh. in FMV and it scared the crap out of me as like a 10-year-old kid um, but I think the most shocked I've been from a game was watching my younger, um, not nephew, what's the word I'm looking for, cousin, playing Manhunt when he got it for Christmas. And I'd never oh, seen the game before. Oh, so <laughs> and he's just, younger? Yes, only like two years oh. younger than me. Oh, but okay. just watching him play Manhunt thing, like, Jesus Christ, what is this game? <laughs> it's too goddamn much. Yeah, it, it was, you know, I, I thought I was hard, but I, I was not, I was not ready for it. <laughs> That's, I, I've never actually played Manhunt, but I know that it was mostly shock value, so... Yeah, I, That definitely fits in this category. I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I ended up buying it, you know, a couple <laughs> months later, and, and playing it myself, and it's... It's fine. Once you get past the, the shock value, it's a it's a C-plus game. <laughs> what, do you, what do you make of all these stupid rumors uh, about all of Rockstar's different new games? I... I'm... I have to imagine they're just having the time of their life right now, like updating all of their old games websites and watching <laughs> everyone freak the fuck out as like 
you know, Grand Theft Auto 6's webpage redirecting to a new page. There's a, the Manhunt 2 page is being updated, and everyone's like, there's a new game confirmed! This is just, the like, the best market research they've ever been able to do. <laughs> All they need to do is just update a page. Like, oh, look, we noticed that the date timestamp here in this image has slightly more fuzz on it. What does that mean? <laughs> Everyone go fucking nuts. Mm. And... <laughs> Thousands of thousands of threads and conversations happening. And okay, we uh we did one for Rockstar Table Tennis, and it was only about twenty threads. So move that down the list. But Manhunt <laughs> that got six hundred. Move that up. You know yeah. that. But that was mostly think pieces about what would a man, what would a shocking game like Manhunt be like in twenty twenty. So <laughs> maybe not worth doing. That's, yeah, it's I, it, <laughs> that's like the best thing too is like it, the circulation just won't stop about like all three of these different games i'm including bully 2 and they they were like ages ago they're like yeah we're a one game studio now and everyone's like there's three games confirmed it's madness it, it it's and bully 2 surprises me as well um just because it there's a there's an anecdote i remember hearing i think from jim sterling's podcast regarding uh the game guitaru man <laughs> sure I'm and it was a conversation with the developer of Guitaru Man and or the director of it, and his line was, "Everyone loves Guitaru Man. Nobody bought Guitaru Man." <laughs> and games, games like Bully Two and Wonderful One Hundred One and things like that. When I, I hear about those being remade or remastered, or why won't they bring those back? That sentence comes into my head. Everyone <laughs> loved Wonderful One Hundred One. Nobody bought Wonderful One Hundred One. I'm sure that's what happened with Shenmue 3 as well. It's like, you, you, but you demanded this game. Every single one of you demanded it. It's like, well, uh, well, $60 is a lot of money. Every one of us watched our older brothers play it on the Dreamcast. None of us had ever no, actually no. played it before. We only watched our friends and older brothers play it. It's true. I had only watched that stupid video that they cut together of both yep. games. Yep, that's it. No one had ever actually gotten their hands on it, so we all imagined it was going to be this amazing. Like, oh, this, this is kind of this kind of trash. <laughs> they only cut like twenty copies, circulated them to the media. Now we just find them in Goodwill every once in a while. Now, what about you? What, what's your answer to that? The original question that you asked. Uh, most shocking. Uh, that's what it was. Most shocking. Um, I'm going to go a different way because I don't really play many horror games because I'm a poo poo pee pee baby. Um, mm -hmm. I think one one of the, you know one of, one of the most shocking things I ever did um, did in a game was probably in Sleeping Dogs where you can you play as an undercover policeman mm -hmm. but you straight up just like slam people's heads onto uh, table saws like on on table <laughs> yeah. saws and it's just like this is this isn't okay but I can't stop doing it. I just all I want to do is slam people's heads into these table saws that are apparently strewn around fucking Hong Kong like goddamn discarded banana peels. Um there's so, so much good work to be done. <laughs> I mean, that's a big city. Yeah. Um but ah, ah, I had a weird thought, but I'll talk about that after. Anyway, yeah, it, it, I, I could never really get past... Like, every time I did it, I was like, you're a policeman, stop doing this. But then I'd slam that button so hard. Um, it, it was so viscerally satisfying. Yeah, it, it really was. That game's one of the best open-world games. Please play it if you haven't. An another one... Another moment was, like, more just sort of, um, like, twist. 
shock, I guess, was the end of Assassin's Creed 2, when that, mm. like, pre precursor race god starts speaking directly to, like, the person you're playing outside of the game and not, uh, like, the character you're playing in the game, because obviously all the Assassin's Creeds take place in not simulated worlds, but, like, re-remembered worlds, I guess would be the easiest way to explain it. Yeah, that was a really neat moment. That was back when they were really doing interesting stuff with that story. Yeah, yeah. it's It's gone to the shitter now, for sure. But that was, like, one of the coolest moments that, like, solidified me as an Assassin's Creed fan. Because, like, didn't give too much of a shit about one. And I played through all of two, and I was like, this game's great. And then, like, that moment was just, like, <gasps> like just stamped it into my fucking body. And now I've played, like, 95% of all Assassin's Creed games. Because like that, just I'm just a fan now. Like that cemented it. Yeah, it, it's. I I was not even a as huge of a fan as you are in Assassin's Creed games. I can remember that moment very clearly. As yeah. one one of the as one of the best moments in the Assassin's Creed two universe. What, what was it that, that the, the trilogy Ezio of, trilogy? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the Ezio trilogy is being one of the best moments. And best crazy reveals in there because they, they tried it again yeah. in Brotherhood and then in Revelations to yes. try and do similar moments and it just didn't it didn't happen as well. Yeah, that's they they really just went for plot twists after that. They didn't try to actually like you know forty brain bend anything, make make cool moments. They were just like, oh, someone's gonna betray you. This is the person that betrayed you. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, those are the two moments that came to mind. I'm sure. I'm sure if you've played horror games, though, there's probably probably things that jump out more for you. All right, you ready to start talking about uh, that game that you mentioned earlier? Um, um, Blood 2, uh, was it? Uh, Slay the Spire? Blo and it was Blood 2. You're going to talk about Blood 2, that, that FPS from, like, 1997 Blood that was really good? Blood no, I'll talk about Blood 1, but we don't talk about Blood 2. <laughs> oh, man. Why can't we talk about Black? <laughs> um... <laughs> Bleeding Edge. Bleeding Edge. <laughs> Ninja just, Theories late. <laughs> just black. It, I mean, I liked it, but no one talks about it. I remember. I remember. Oh. Bleeding Edge. Hopefully somebody will remember this in a few years. Bleeding Edge is Ninja Theory's little pet project. I, I, I think they're selling it pretty cheap, maybe 30 bucks. It's an online... What I thought was going to be a melee-centric game. What I thought was going to be a, a fast-paced... Uh, multiplayer game it's 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 neither of the above um basically it takes place in this world where you play as one of many mod super modded humans because mods have run amok and they've opened themselves for limitless character design basically and you pick one of these weirdos and you get into an arena with them and you do objectives for some reason there's not much story, so I've pretty much covered it all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> is is this what? is this like in arena combat? Is this like Agents of Fury, whatever the hell that game was? That uh, Mayhem? Agents of Mayhem. I never is played this like that? that. I I think it's probably closest, and you're gonna love this. It's probably the closest game I've ever seen to Battleborn. Oh God! I was gonna ask if it's the closest to Brink. So you and I were on similar pages. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I played Brink about the same way I played this, in that I played it as much as I could stand before I could not stand it no more. 
<laughs> oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> so I'm going to go over the positives before I lose our audience here because there's a lot of negatives. Um, like I said, the character designs are really cool. This whole modded universe gave them basically unlimited, you know, sort of dystopian uh, uh, opportunities to present weird characters like like Dr. Something who's now in the body of a snake and the snake controls his old corpse because his body died or uh-huh. the Russian girl with the, the chicken legs or um, the, the fat lady with the, the bike so the, the, uh-huh. the, the, the design is cool <laughs> the, their biographies are scant um, like I said the story is very limited but um, the game is centrally based around two different objective style multiplayer and the game's entirely multiplayer I don't even know if I said that it's objective based um, and that's one of the major problems I have with the game is that because it's objective based you sort of have open ended um, sort of get in this giant arena and go where you want and try and do the objectives because they'll have multiple ones spawning and then sometimes there'll only be like one, it, like King of the Hill style in, is one of the types so it'll be like, oh there's only one spawning so everyone has to go to that one and fight um, or you know pick up canisters and then hand them in at the specific time the, the idea is there the design of the game is there. The art is all there. Like, you can tell it was made by, like, a, a smart pedigreed studio. The game is not fun for one single minute. I couldn't... I never had that aha moment where I was like, ah, I can see where I could sink a lot of time into this game. Or, like, oh, yeah, I, I could get into this, but I'm not going to because I already play too much Dota, so... There, there was nothing even remotely close to that feeling. I, the entire strategy of the game is, you're playing in a four v four arena. Okay, it's way too big. If you separate it all from your group, you're gonna die. If you leave before the rest of your group spawns, which means you're just running in a circle for you know up to thirty seconds, you're gonna die. Basically, whoever wins the first team fight in all my experiences and didn't completely ignore the objectives because the objectives are still important but they're irrelevant in the uh, grand scheme of things but whoever won that first fight would typically just be in control for the entire fight unless somebody was out of position at any one point so that's like something you you want a game to sort of cater that as sort of a high-end strategy like in MOBAs if you're if you're playing and running around the map as five people from minute zero, you're going to do yourself a huge disservice. But there's a certain point in the game where you want to be with the rest of your team and you want to be team fighting. Mm-hmm. This game, if you're not doing that for any one single second, like you're just dead meat because there's no like, there's no hero in the game that you can feel like a superhero with where you can run in and get, get a gank and then run back out and be like, <laughs> sort of like the... Genji effect from Overwatch. Sure, sure. In this game, the strategy is very simple. Always be four people, win the first fight, don't ignore objectives. You're going to win literally every game. I'll be honest, this isn't sounding great, but I feel like you're burying the lead here. 
and I feel like this is something that we need to address before we can get any further, because it, it seems like, and correct me wrong, that my options for fighters may or may not include being a dolphin in a walking tank, like a, oh, like a fish tank, or a cybernetic snake that's in possession of a zombie? Yeah, more or less. That dolphin character is not even out yet, I don't think. I'm just angry now. <laughs> I mean, I understand. I understand completely. I played around with every character at least once, and I couldn't find a character that super clicked with me, so I stuck with this character, Gizmo, which was, is not a melee character. Let it be noted, because this game was definitely marketed to me as a melee game. It's not a melee game, because there's, there's like almost half the heroes are ranged. Um, G- Gizmo is this it, one that looks like a uh, 80s roller derby girl. Yeah, exactly. She's okay. Australian. She does range damage. She has some some bots that she can drop and shoot. But she like just like every other hero in the game, she she tickles and does zero damage unless you're in a group. And then she can like she helps kill somebody. But man, 1v1 combat in this game is just not fun. <laughs> like not at all. This is a real shame because I may be the only person that you could say it's like Battleborn, and I ooh, I just perk up. <laughs> ooh. Is it? Is it like Battleborn? Okay, <laughs> maybe me There's... and the other five people who played that game can uh, find a new place to hang out. And that's and that's what I want to make clear is like I didn't enjoy the game, but there might be people out there that do. So I'm gonna give you my experience as someone who really likes games like Overwatch and Dota. I. The entire time I was playing, I was like, man, I could really go for some Overwatch right now, because everything wrong about this game, like, Overwatch does correctly. And they're not even the same genre. It's, like, simple stuff. Like, the heroes would jump around everywhere if they had any lag, so it's suddenly you're like, it's completely jarring experience. In a, in a melee game, that's not acceptable. Like, no. with the ranged heroes, you can, you're can you basically locked on. It's not like skill shooters like Overwatch would be. You're still locked on, but they'll, like, jump around and then suddenly be around a corner, and you'll be like, how do, I, how do I plan for that? The melee heroes are sort of based on combos, so you have to, like, get in and start whacking them, and they have to evade out and use their stamina to, like, stop getting thwacked, basically, which can be trickier than it sounds, but... Um, is ultimately not fun because typically there's almost every hero has enough mobility where they can just get back into another combo with you. And again, if you're not with four other, three other people, then you're fucking dead meat no matter what anyway. Because three, in, I've never seen a situation in my handful of games where a team of three could overwhelm a team of four. But in a game like Overwatch, that could easily happen if you had the skill to do it, the right hero comp, etc., etc., etc. And it's not like you're playing in a game where there is a you're at a huge skill deficit because you're just jumping into a competitive scene that's been around for six years. Yeah, exactly. Like this is a brand I, new game. This just came out last week, didn't it? Yes. No, it, just, it came out this week. It came out two days ago, I think. And I'm already done with it. That's why I'm going over it now on the podcast. I assumed I'd be playing it for more longer time. Well, fucking take that, Ninja Theory. Yeah, I I will not talk shit about the developer. Um, this is actually the first game I've played by Ninja Theory, I think. Ever? Ever, yeah. yeah. Really? I, have, I never played DMC. I still haven't played uh, Hellblade. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, but, I, I, mean, I, can't, I can't judge you. I only played a bit of DMC. You never played... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You never played Enslaved? 
No. Oh, I'll, fucking I'll see if the get off or get off the podcast. Go play Enslaved. Like, oh no, you're canceling me. <laughs> this is you're just just like America. Oh, Enslaved is so good. Enslaved is that's a game that's worth playing. And I heard Heavenly Swords alright too. But like <laughs> Enslaved, that was a, a top notch game. Man. You know what I hear about Enslaved? What's that? Everyone loves Enslaved. Nobody, Nobody bought, bought Enslaved. Enslaved. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's a hundred percent true. <laughs> <laughs> I I, sh- I really should. I I've heard very good things about that game. Yeah, that's that was a, a really fun one of those linear action combat platformers that they don't make anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there really aren't enough of those anymore. Yeah, sorry to hear about Bleeding Edge though. That's uh, yeah, that's. Hey, gonna... I have I have a few more uh, criticisms. Oh, I'm sorry. Just I didn't you... mean I didn't mean to cut you off there. Please continue, continue. Oh no, I have my my notes page is so sad to look at because there's there's one positive and it's like eighty percent of the page is just negative. Um, so because the arenas are so big, you have like a mount aspect similar to I guess paladins. Have you played that? I did play a bit of Paladins, yes. Yeah, you know how they like, make the maps so stupidly big and poorly designed that they're just like, well, here's a mount. We solved that problem. Moving on. <laughs> this game this game does that, too. It, you, If you're a skinny hero, you get a hoverboard. If you're a fat hero, you get something else. Uh, um, cause, because the hoverboard couldn't carry the fat heroes. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. It's very discriminating. <laughs> um, but so like that like lean, leads into that aspect. Like The maps don't need to be this big. Um, Overwatch somehow figured out how to make big, continuous, like, snaky maps and, like, have new respawn sections or, you know, more interesting ideas. And this game really suffers when you are on a mount and you're a weaker hero and then you get try and go into battle and then all your teammates go away, but you're on your mount and you get hit once and then you are dead. You're 100% dead. Like, who's that fun for? Like, Yeah, that just, just sounds like, got- that just sounds like it's wasting your time. Yeah, exactly. Um, what else? Yeah, it's, it's it's just it doesn't feel fast paced either because like the nature of the combat, it, it doesn't want you to die immediately, which means that unless you're in complete four v four combat, it never feels epic. It just feels like you're slowly killing another enemy um, as they wait for reinforcements, but their reinforcements never show up in time. So, so you you don't get that them. moment of like aha due to planning or luck, I've got the drop on you, and you can't react fast enough, therefore I've won. Very, exactly. Like a very quick, like, I did it, here's that moment, and now we move on. It, exactly. It. I never mm. had that feeling. Mm. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, you also get losses for when you never get a full team, um, because it won't just end the lobby if it doesn't find um, people. So on my second, my second match, uh, I sat waiting for 10 minutes while it was searching for people, but people kept dropping out and then they'd pick up another pe- person and then we'd wait a couple minutes and then they'd drop out. You can't just leave because the game hasn't started. It straight up is like, if you leave now, you're getting a loss. And you're like, what the fuck? This isn't even a game. This is just a lobby that you forced me into. This does sound like Battleborn. Yeah, that the voice that was like what Battleborn was at the end of just sitting there trying to get a full game together and then never getting there. Yeah, <laughs> and you know it straight straight up shows up as a loss in your your win rate. So like 
I guarantee the the global average win weight's probably like thirty five percent, just because people are getting losses for leaving matches because they don't want to sit there for half an hour. What a horrible decision. Yeah. Um. The. Oh, the voice acting's complete rubbish. Oh my god, I don't know what happened. If most most of the characters, even like of different ethnicities, everyone just sounded like a white nerd if they were male, or you know, just a, a chipper lady if they were a female. Like, I I mm. like the main kind of main character was this character like demon. Yeah, he's the one and, I saw in all the marketing for it. Yeah, he is a truly ungood voice actor especially for the role because he's supposed to be like this like edgy new yorker and he's like in, in his ult is like he throws it down and he's like darkness comes from the shadows and you're like oh oh no um there's oh, no. a brazilian guy that has like the a very similar effect where you're like oh man do they get all of their fucking like english actors from ottawa like this is not great Oh, oh I, like I, I'm just like cringing at even imagining it. That sounds so darkness painful. comes from the shadows. It's painful. I've done enough griping. I have more notes, but that's fucked up. It's just it's just so disappointing because there needs to be more games in this space that actually do a good job. And and Ninja Theory seemed like a competent team. What 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 happened? Like I said, I think it was a pet project for them. I think Hellblade's probably their next major project, but they wanted to sort of branch out, maybe become like a a three-team company and learn how to do multiplayer. So this, to me, felt like a test game. Uh, maybe one that they shouldn't have put on the market, but ultimately they had the luxury of being under Microsoft now, so they're mm. just like, well, shit, we can just make this game. Uh, our funding's not a problem, and then we can slap it on Game Pass, and people will play it, and they will play it, and a lot of people will enjoy it, but I was not one of them. That is a pretty straightforward and, and direct and cutting summary. Yeah, I didn't want to mince words on this one. I really wanted <laughs> to enjoy it. I played it over four different settings or sittings. I played it on two different consoles. I tried it on PC and Xbox. You, I... you were very generous to this game. I wanted to be more generous. I had allotted something like 10 hours to this game, like to make sure I understood it thoroughly and I physically couldn't bring myself to play it anymore. Man, you are doing way more than I am when it comes to games that I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> well, ultimately I didn't do that much. <laughs> That's anyway, any, still. Any uh final questions? Was the was the robot snake taking over a voodoo guy's body? Was it is, is it cool? It sounds yeah, sounds like it should be cool. Well, no, it was... I don't know. It, like, I, I, I kind of liked the design. Like, that was the most out there one. Like, that one, like, just looking at the character made me go in and read the bio for it. I was like, oh, this is kind of a cool bio. It's like, he, he was literally, like, a doctor, a doctor professor at Cambridge, and... He was really into voodoo, and that was, like, the entire thing. And I was like, well, they definitely could have done more with this. There's a there's a tablet game that my son plays to learn phonics. And one of the bad guys, I think's name is Dr. Snakes. And Dr. Snakes. <laughs> Perfect. So this is... I'm going to now associate the two in my head. This little, like... <laughs> I, I think it's Dr. Snakes, or maybe Dr. Tentacle, but it's I'm going with Dr. Snakes. <laughs> As the antagonist in this little phonics game on the on the Kindle Fire, 
and this character in the brand new Bleeding Edge from Ninja Theory. <laughs> yeah, Microsoft bought the rights for Dr. Snakes. <laughs> it's such a good character. You can't beat... It's, it's an amazing name. It is, Dr. Snake. Like, it's ridiculous. Game, gamer tag getting changed. I'm, I'm all for it. It's it's like It feels like it should be an old Batman villain. Game off featuring Solitalker and Dr. Snakes. <laughs> yeah, though. Damn it, I should have claimed it. All right, well, that's fair. That's fair. You, you got there first. <laughs> got, got him. Shall we? Shall we talk about Elderborn? I guess I can. I can talk about Elderborn for a couple. What minutes. the hell is Elderborn? <laughs> so Elderborn is a game that apparently was in early access since 2018. I had no idea. I just saw that it came out in January, and <laughs> it's kind of like someone tried to make a first-person Dark Souls. Okay. With okay combat. Oh, uh, that's <laughs> like, not okay. Like it's not. It's not amazing combat. It's not, it's not like I'm trying to think of a game that has really good first person melee combat and maybe they don't exist I'm, I'm sure someone's done it uh, Skyrim's is okay you know if you thought Skyrim's first person melee combat was okay Elderborn might be a game for you <laughs> so oh, it was okay you're a guy that starts off in a dark area and you pick up an old sword like you do in a Souls-like. And you fight some old skeletons or, uh, what do you call them, or a zombie dude, like hollowed out people. The, the generic early enemies in a Souls-like in a fantasy realm. Mm. Reanimated and, boys. Yeah, you kill them and they drop souls and you collect them and you bring them back to a fountain. And then you use the souls to upgrade yourself and to heal yourself. But when you use the fountain, all the guys around you spawn again. Like, you know all this. This is all just a Souls-like, right? Yep. Yep. You've explained Dark Souls 1 through 10. Yep. I've explained Dark Souls. All future Dark Souls. That's yeah, it. I've explained every Souls-like game. You know all that. <laughs> the difference with this is the level design is a bit more linear. So it's not this big open environment that you're slowly working your way through and it keeps double backing on itself. Like a Dark Souls. It's kind of, it's more linear, like you're going from this fountain to the next one to the next one, almost like more like checkpoints. And there are some mm -hmm. levels that are or are orchestrated in more of a hub setting where there's a central area and you need to get the five keys to open the last gate, and there are five paths you can go down to get those keys. So you go down one, you get the key, you come back, you know that, you know, that setup. Which I think was very common in like mid two thousands and early two thousands linear FPSs. Mm -hmm. um, but that's still the same thing of just go down the path, get the key, come back to the center. There's checkpoint fountains all along the way. I'm just trying to get all of the the generic stuff out of the way, because um, yeah. it's sounding very boring right now. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The <laughs> yeah reminds me of PS2 games. Yeah, there is there is a bit of that to it, um, as far as that that design goes. What it does well, and what I enjoyed, and why I put, uh, what am I? What did I? What did I put into it? Eighteen hours into this game, uh, it, it was worth it. Is that the combat? The combat is quick, so you die a lot, like in a Souls like, but you get into it and you're just you're dead in, in an encounter very quickly there are some souls like games I've played where because things just like stun lock you or you get you, you get into the wrong part of an enemy's rhythm 
you're gonna die, but you have to wait for their attack pattern to finish. <laughs> so yeah. you know you missed it, but all right, well I gotta. All right, and he hits, hits, jump, hit, stab, I'm and then on soda. <laughs> yeah, like that. Like no, this is like you're done. You you went to go fight the rock scorpion. You didn't you didn't parry it right. You're you're fucking done. It's it's done. <laughs> uh, they have some weapons. You you have a variety of weapons that you pick up: swords and spears and dual scythes a little sickles whatever you call that in fantasy games where you have two of them and you go real uh, fast with them uh, akimbo okay, yeah but like they they have a like the two the two sickles that thing a big fuck off hammer that you just du smash duolicles. guys with. Du yeah duolicles you got the duolicles you got the big fuck off hammer that you smash guys with <laughs> yeah your standard fantasy fair uh sure. and some of them you can block attacks with and they just you know You've got, like, a stamina block thing where you hit and you block, but if you block too much, you start taking damage anyways because you, you took too many blocks in a row. And then you, some of the weapons you can parry with. And that will slow down time and allow you to get in a couple of really good hits. Or it'll reflect range attacks back at the person who, who shot them at you. Which is cool. And in a first-person hmm. environment, that's fun. Skeletons yeah. are shooting bows at you and you're blocking it back and it's going back and it's hitting them and it's, oh, dead. it's great uh, <laughs> the the slowing down of time and the fact that when you if if you're being attacked by three guys and you parry that attack you're now just doing extra damage to everyone for a short period of time which is not that what i've seen in a lot of games usually it's like you can do a counter attack and that does more damage but yeah. this is more just like, you parried, you're just a god for ten seconds. Just fucking <laughs> ruin people. Doesn't matter if they were even near you when you parried. You just, you're just super psyched that you parried a guy, and everyone's gonna die. <laughs> is, is this a special ability, or is this just a core mechanic? That's just how game? parrying works in the game. Okay. In the game, you parry, yeah. and you're just so happy that you're just gonna fucking stab everyone in the face. And it's going to do just, just extra call damage. call it Parry Lord, then. Yeah, Parry Lord, Parry Magic, Parry Rage, I don't know. It's Big Parry Boys, yeah, Resurrection When you got that Big Matthew Parry mood, and you're just like, just, <laughs> Can I be any more of a tank? And just stabbing people. But it's, <laughs> it's terrible. Terrible. Danielle, cut that joke out. <laughs> no. No. Vetoed. Damn it. I don't think I have that power. Uh, I definitely don't. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you go through and it's, like, it's good. It's a good, it's a good game. It's good. I, I like 18 it. 18 hours of good? I like it's this game. It's It's been great for, like, in this ever-changing world in which we're living, where <laughs> I'm just looking for something to just put on a podcast and just stab a bunch of dudes. Yeah, that's, that's or, the way of the new world. You get the big fuck off hammer, and it blocks attacks so good. And then <laughs> there are these ninja guys that come flip up at you, and you just swat them out of the air, and they go flying off of ledges. They smack into walls. That's it's kind of It's very viscerally appealing, but you die a lot. You because it's a Souls like, so you die a lot, and the the penalty's not that bad. Yeah, it, it's not like Souls like where you're like, oh, I lost. It's like who cares? It's just. Go out and kill ten guys, and <laughs> you've got enough to level up something again. Yeah, yeah, that's how the surge was too. Yeah, yeah, fuck it, who cares? It's a low, it's a low stakes souls like. Yeah. yeah. You go you so go back to the 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 
fountain and just heal yourself a little bit and fight him again because it's just it's a fight time yeah enjoy yourself yeah no need to be stressed these are dire times this is i mean yeah it's a souls like but we don't have to go get all crazy with it (laughs) so so i'm trying for some reason i keep picturing this game as like one of those i forget what you call them like the dungeon crawlers where you're moving a block to block oh yeah like like uh, legends of grimoire that more recent yeah exactly yeah that's that's exactly how I'm picturing the game, because you just said first person, but mm-hmm. is it more like Skyrim? Yeah. How is it compared to Skyrim? It's more like Skyrim. If um, Imagine imagine Fallout without guns is kind of what it's like. You've, that's Skyrim. <laughs> you just described Skyrim. <laughs> how, how is it unlike Skyrim? Let's, go, let's start there. Uh, your, your draw distance is smaller. Uh, it's not open world. No, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> there's, not, there's nothing to do in Fair. the area other than fight things. So there's hmm. no, like, doors to... You know, there's no place to explore for... It just go fight. Go do more fighting. And would, Do you think the game would have benefited from being more open world? Nah. I, I think it did... I think it did well at what it did. Did you ever play Hexen in the mid-90s? No? no? Okay. Because if you did, that would help me a lot here. As far as making <laughs> references. Well... Would would it help anyone else that's listening? To this? I if, guess they can have Google. If anyone compare, out, compare it and Google if anyone Hexen. out there played Hexen or Hexen Two, I guess it's kind of like that. Hexen Two <laughs> wasn't very Hexen good, uh, but it, it's <laughs> it's kind of has that feel of it. Like it's just you're in first person. You, you you're not switching out weapons too often because there's not a ton of them, and you kind of get you, it's like, you know you get into one play style and you're you're happy with it. Mm. I got these things. Yeah. They're like things you put over your hands and their knives like it's, it's uh, like Valdo yeah it's like Valdo you're like Valdo and you just got like two knife hands and you just stab at guys real fast fresh yeah now I want to play this game <laughs> it's cool that, that part was fun um I'm, I'm describing this like an idiot <laughs> <laughs> no I'm with you you can wear bondage gear and stab people like Valdo yeah, it's a Valdo simulator, essentially. But without the crab walking. If you can imagine being Valdo but not What's crab walking. Point? You're right. <laughs> you can't you still you don't talk. There's no there's no dialogue. Um The the music I just is picture first person Valdo game where you're staring straight at the sky all the time. <laughs> it's a terrible game. Please don't make this. Uh I, I want if someone could just like and I, because I don't know anything about anything, I'm going to describe this in a way that's functionally impossible. If someone could just mod Soul Calibur so the camera is attached to Valdo's head, uh. just 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 so I can see how is just that nauseating movement. Oh my god, yeah. His weird guttural noises coming from every angle. God, he's an amazing character. Why don't, why don't more... No one's brave enough to do things like Voldo. Everyone's doing cute stuff like what you described of a, a dolphin in a walking tank and a... And a Serpent, Doctor Snake, man, but <laughs> Doctor Snake. I want weird, weird bondage, death man with knife hands. That's what I want. Yeah, yeah. Long gone are the glory days of edgy character design. This is uh, this is. It's got a, a lot of feeling of older games. You know, a, a late nineties, late two thousands feel of just like there's there's a story here, but you don't care because the game's about kicking dudes into pits you can kick you can kick people and you can kick them off <laughs> ledges which is really satisfying 
So, so we're edging closer to like Doom territory, where it's like, what, what is the story to Doom, and do you care enough to stop, you know, kicking demons' faces off? Did, and the answer is usually no. I don't care. Did you ever play Dark Messiah of Might and Magic? No. God damn it! I got. This, this I, isn't my genre. I know, I know, but it's it's not a lot to compare. Did you ever play Psyops: The Mind Gate Conspiracy? <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> How do you name drop that game every episode? You're a wizard. <laughs> this, is, this is this has got like, it's a it's very entertaining to get into an area and just kick people off of ledges. Like there are whole sections of that game where I didn't fight; I just kicked people into pits. Yeah. And I felt because when they die, nice. the souls that they would have dropped just spawn where you knocked them off of the wall. So you can still pick up everything. You get the same reward from kicking them off of off into the pit. But you don't have to fight them. You just keep just keep <laughs> kicking them over and over again, and then some of the guys will put up their shield and just because you can just keep kicking. There's nothing you can just do it as much as you want. Isn't that the melee attack in the original Doom? Just putting up a big boot in front of your face? No, the melee attack. Uh, you're thinking of Duke Nukem 3D. That had the boot. That's that it, that's had the it. boot. No, Doom. Um, Doom had the chainsaw. And so this is just a Duke Nukem 3D in fantasy space. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I feel like that does it a disservice uh, because the, because it doesn't have like I'm going to pee on things humor. <laughs> oh. And I don't. Would I, you say it would have benefited from that? If I had the option to pee on things whenever I wanted, like in Postal, then maybe this would have been a more entertaining game. Yeah, I maybe mean, maybe I would be giving it a 95 instead of a 92. But <laughs> no, it's it's a very visceral, very relaxing game. the The weapons and the environments, and the enemy design are all your standard. There's an Egyptian themed area. There's caves. There's an even deeper, spookier cave. There's catacombs. There's scorpions, and we like it's all there. You know what? You already know what this game looks like. You haven't seen it, and you know what it looks like. You can yeah. envision it in your mind's eye because it's just. But it's there. It's good. Just, it's fine. Just psyop the mind gate yeah. conspiracy. I've psyops the mind gate conspiracy it into your brain, so you know what it sounds like and it feels like. That's a dope ability. Yeah, it's it's. What good level one. you get that at? Oh man! In a game, I assume is an RPG, <laughs> but the, I have no idea. This one or psyops? Psyops. Oh, actually, that's a good question. Is there uh, RPG mechanics to this, like leveling up uh, abilities, all that? Kind of. It does that thing where, like, like in a Souls, like where you get back to the. Um, get back to the fountain campfire and you can take the souls that you've earned and put the, put a point towards something but it's okay. just like strength speed and uh, it's basically damage attack speed and health are the three things you can put points to and is it like satisfying upgrades or is it just like uh, eventually this will pay off um, I mean, some of them, like, when you get certain ones up to level 5, it'll give you an ability, like, an ability to, um, I'm trying to think of what any of the abilities were. They, they weren't all that exciting. They were fine. The, the, get, <laughs> getting the attack speed up definitely felt good. And in a game like this, I almost always go for attack speed, because that just, that always feels more viscerally damaging yeah. than just putting it into brute strength. And yeah. especially with, um with parrying like getting fast parrying is really good the one problem i will say with this game and i i i don't know that this would have been intentional but maybe they just didn't it'll cue moves 
So if you parry and then you hit parry again during your parry animation, it does a second parry when it's over. Oh, that's awful. Or if you have a slow attack, like with your big fuck off hammer, and then you go to block afterward, like, it just cues all that up. And it took me a long time. It took me like two hours to, to get out of the mindset that you do of like Skyrim first person combat where, oh, I failed blocking. Just keep spamming block because it'll get in yeah. there eventually. It's like, no, you got to back yeah. away. Um, oh, it's got dashing like that. That kind of like uh, rather than rolling, you just dash backwards or forwards in different directions. Okay. So you, know, you use that for like dodging and roll, going getting around people and hitting them in the back with hammers. Um, but yeah, you have to you have to kind of relearn how you do first person combat in a mm. way because I'm just so used to it from games like Skyrim, um, what the hell is it, Mountain Blade. Uh, I'm sure other first person combat games. What was that? What Zeno Clash? Remember that one? Yeah, vaguely. Yeah, I never played that. Yeah, I don't really remember it much. I'm just really scraping <laughs> at the bo- bottom of the barrel for War- oh. Vermintide. Fucking Warhammer Vermintide. That's a modern first-person melee combat game. I thought that was the one that was, like, Left 4 Dead. Yeah, but it's all melee. You got, like, swords and shit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. I put a lot of time into that game. I don't think I liked it. <laughs> and into the sequel. I don't think I liked that one either. <laughs> uh, we, all, we all pay our dues, Andy. Yeah. We don't have to like everything. We just need to submit. So, I'd recommend... Uh, Eden Forge, Elderborn. There it is. <laughs> Eden Forge. <laughs> I'd recommend the blind, the blind gaping con- conspicuable. <laughs> I'd recommend Elderborn. It's fifteen bucks. It's got a, oh, it's got a pretty rockin', rockin' soundtrack. The it's very, it's very easy to play while listening to a podcast or, or listening to its awesome soundtrack, which I don't do. <laughs> I don't listen to music in games. Um, but you know, if you did, you could do that. All right, well, that's that's a solid recommendation for the night. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, and if if you have uh, Game Pass, you know, no harm in checking out Bleeding Edge. <laughs> it, it, literally, no one will harm you for doing it. We we can't stop you legally. <laughs> so I think we should rank these games. Ah uh, yes, ah uh, yes. I'm gonna start. All right, I'm gonna put Bleeding Edge at number two. Okay, because <laughs> we've just started a new year. You know, if we so, if we had a following, and they were smart, the developers of Elderborn, whose names I'm going to look up, Hyper Strange, that's it, <laughs> would would be able to say right now, hey, Elderborn, Game Off Podcast number one game, at a time, number one game of the year. We're already three months into the year. Three months into the year, game of the year <laughs> for a time. <laughs> At least temporarily. Temporarily. But they, they, they held that spot. They, if they screenshot the rankings now and crop them tastefully. If if we expose them to the internet. Yeah. In any way, shape, or form. So I'll, I'll, put, El, I'll put Elderborn at number one. Very, very generous of you. <laughs> that space was looking a bit sad and empty. Well done, Hyper Strange. Number one game of the year number thus far. One game of the year. Uh, and I, I can give you a preview of just some of the games I've played so far you're not at risk <laughs> okay that's interesting because you got some big games coming up I, in the in the weeks I do I do but you guys aren't you'll, you'll be fine just <laughs> don't worry about rushing to get that screenshot you're okay 
what what else is going on with the podcast before we sign off? Um, if if you haven't, uh, episode twenty six is out now. That's our twenty nineteen tournament champions. It's also why, why we're why are you why are you games. being weird and listening to this episode first? Well, I, I don't. I'm just. I'm just. It's a bit of a call don't, out. Don't discourage people. Don't call them weird. We we love all of our listeners. I, I don't like people who just start a new podcast and start at whatever the most recent episode is. I think it's insane. It it is in the most for the most part, but at some point we're gonna get to like 500 episodes and somebody's gonna look I, at this. I, and I be go like, back. I'm not starting. I go back. I start at the beginning. That's like 550 fucking hours. I, I go. I go back. I start at the beginning. It's just you can't not. Like because That's, podcasts I mean, create their own like world and they have their own language, and there's all these. But if we're talking about like 2015 games and. People are like, what the hell is PSYOPs the Mind Gate Conspiracy? This game came out 30 years ago. People, people aren't going to know how important PSYOPs the Mind Gate Conspiracy. Or if I make a reference to Cyborg Justice right now, like, <laughs> Cyborg Justice. people who've been with us for a while will get it. But people who didn't listen to that, who, who start now and they go, Cyborg Justice, I love that game. When did they talk about that? I'd listen to early episodes if I knew they had talked about it. We'll just start at the beginning. You'll hear it. We're gonna, need, we're gonna need to get full transcripts for each episode, so we get maximum SEO. Like what? There's literally a Cyborg Justice episode. <laughs> People who just—they've got podcast feeds that are just searching SoundCloud for anything that references Cyborg Justice. <laughs> I was thinking, for some reason, when you were talking about Elderborn, I was thinking a little bit about uh, Massive Chalice. Do you remember that game? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do remember that was uh, it, that weird turn-based. Um, game from uh tim schaefer's Double company fine. yeah 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 it came out like in between xcom one and two like i played it almost immediately after xcom because i was like i need more xcom and it it didn't do that at all <laughs> but, but that was another just completely out there reference like i'd recommend that game to people for sure but oh yeah no one's gonna remember that game no. in maybe two years ago no one remembers it now yeah <laughs> Anyway, I think that, that covers it? I think that, that Anything covers Anything else it. you'd like to add? Social media. Get some. Check ours out. <laughs> get some. Create <laughs> new accounts on Facebook, so we know no one has Facebook anymore. And then like Game Off Podcast. Yeah, check us out and there. And then also every other platform. Tweet at us with um, other games no one cares about to, to reference in here. If you want yeah. you want to have us reference something. You want us to talk about Redneck Rampage next week. Just tweet at us, and I'll, we'll find a way to work it in. <laughs> we always do. Yeah. Weird, we're on our second year now. Yeah. 2020. Woo. Woo. Having a time. <clears throat> thanks thanks for joining me on this, Brent. Thanks for doing this with me again. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't do it with anybody else. Bye, everybody. G- goodbye. Goodbye.